0: know every one of us are touched because we have a heart well maybe not by that sometimes but we we get touched in life we watch a movie or maybe something a little child does and it touches our heart did you know that god put that there he put a heart in you some of you might be thinking of people that oh boy they have such the sweetest heart or maybe a co-worker oh they're so sweet they always bring us trees they have such a sweetest heart But then there's the opposite, that you might be thinking, oh, I know someone whose heart is just stone cold. They never get emotional. They're just, nothing touches their heart. You could have the saddest movie, they're just, yeah, that movie was good. And there's no emotion in them. You might be thinking, I don't know anyone like that. You might be that person. You might be the one that has either a heart that just never gets emotional or a heart that is always emotional. Emotional. You can watch a commercial and you're, oh man, that's so sweet, the little baby. And you get emotional because of the heart. God put that there, not so that we could just have a heart or have emotions. He put that there so that we could love Him with it. And it's not the heart in the sense of your, your, uh, your organ. It's not your, the muscle, the heart itself. It's, as the Bible says, the seat of your emotions. That's how the Bible describes the heart. It's the seat of your emotions. That's where your emotions are. It's not necessarily the actual heart. It's the seat of your emotions. And we all have emotions. Whether it's sensitive when you watch something that uh, makes you cry. Or you see someone uh, do something sweet for someone else and it touches your heart. Or you have a hardened heart. Or you're an angry person and you just have anger in your heart. It's still at the base of your, the seat of your emotions. And with that comes great responsibility because we have these different emotions. Now as we conclude this series called One Thought, maybe our thought today is, then where does my heart lead me? Or it could be, do I follow my heart or do I follow my mind? Maybe our one thought today is, what's in my heart? Or why do I react and respond the way I do? What's in my heart? See, the heart can describe so many different things. But today we're going to find out how God wants us to think heart first. And why he wants us to think heart first. See, there's a difference between someone doing something for you because they have to. And no heart included in it. Versus someone who wants to do something for you, and all of their heart is included in it. You have the same result, but the difference is in the heart. It's like our children, when we say, clean your room, and they just clean their room, their room is clean. But if you say, can you clean your room? Sure, mom, no problem, absolutely, I would love to do that for you after all you do for us. No problem. Oh, different heart, same, different, I mean, the, the end result is the same. The room is clean, but isn't it true as parents... We look at the heart behind their actions. Sometimes when the heart is not there, we say, you better watch your attitude. Attitude. That's the word we're looking for. Watch your attitude. Or we say, you better better change your attitude because their attitude is not that great. Oh, they're doing the right thing, but the attitude is not there. What we're saying is, you better change your heart. And God is after the same thing. As our father, as it were, he would say, there's some things in your life that I'm seeing that there needs to be a little change or adjustment in the heart. And only God can do that. Our heart is, our heart is weird. I mean, our, we, we have emotions all the time. We go up and down. You have people with a good heart that does good things, and then there are people that they just won't have a good heart. You, you really can't control that in other people. We were at the movies, and I love going to the movies. That's, th- those are one of the things that, th- that's a thing that fills me. You know, I can be at a movies. And by the way, statistics show men love going to the movies because you don't need to talk. That's what the t- t- statistics said. That when you go to the movies, men love movies because you don't need to talk. Now, I'm not saying that's, that has anything to do with your spouse or, your, you know, your relationship. I'm just saying men love to go to the movies. So we're in this movie, and... I need to, I think I shared this before, I need to time when I'm going to get my popcorn because I don't want it to be stale by the time the movie starts. I'm not eating popcorn during the previews. It's like a waste of time. I'm watching the movie with my popcorn, but with popcorn comes mochi Crunch. It's a must. I must have that. So here's this uh, wonderful couple sitting in front of Heidi and I, and they had their popcorn already, and it's just previews. But she turns around and she says, does anybody want popcorn? I'm thinking, wow, what a nice lady. She's actually asking because they have a lot. You know how you get the free refill? So she says, does anyone want want popcorn? Now there's Heidi and myself, another couple and some other people. So not too many people. No one answers. Heidi says, no, thank you. I looked at her. I said, are you kidding me? She's offering us free popcorn. She goes, no, I don't want. No, thank you. She goes, are you sure? I said, no, I want. Yeah, I'll take some. Heidi goes, you're going to take popcorn from someone. I said, she is giving it. Plus, when she walked in, I watched. She wasn't breathing on it. It was far from her. So there's no germs on the thing, okay? Plus the heat, the heat rises. So if germs are trying to come in, they're floating in the heat. So they're not even going to touch the popcorn. So I said, sure, I'll take some. So she, she gave me some popcorn. And then she said, is that all? I said, no, I'm fine. This is good. And it was just a little bit. She goes, but what if you run out? I said, if I run out, you have more. I can just get more from you. So she's a nice lady. She said, okay, no problem. And she's fine. Good heart versus my heart. So when I say, Heidi, do you want uh, popcorn? You want Mochi Crunch? She goes, no, I'll just have some popcorn from you. I said, okay. Uh, Do you want any Mochi Crunch? No, I don't want. Okay. Okay. So, I buy me a bag of Muchi Crunch. Now, I'm already calculating how many Muchi Crunch are in the bag so that it can be the ratio to the popcorn. Some of you are like that, you have issues too. So, it's one popcorn for, or one Muchi Crunch for, for five popcorn. It's just a ratio. You can't just eat popcorn. No, you gotta have the ratio. So, uh, it's, it's all planned out. And then Heidi would say, Can I have some Muchi Crunch? I'm thinking, No. <laughs> I, I asked if you wanted Mochi Crunch, I would have got your, your own bag. No, but I just want a couple. i got to recalculate. I can't. It's like, I can't. Yes, I need Jesus. I know. That's not the point. So that's, that's me. Here you have this wonderful lady sharing popcorn with strangers. And then you have this pastor who doesn't even want to share Mochi Crunch with his wife. So that's, that's just the way the heart goes. It's, it, that's, that's, that's what happens in our heart. In fact, yesterday we were at, you know that park in Waimea, that, that nice wooden park and and kids love playing there. We were there with our grandchildren and they love running around the thing. We play these games. So we're on this playground and here are these girls. They're about 10, 11, 12 years old. So that age. So they're all playing and yes, that age. And if you have 12 year olds, it's a good age. It's the best age ever possible in case you're that age. So we're sitting there, uh, they're they're sitting there, they're talking story, and we're playing, and I notice as we're playing, this one girl is sitting like this, (sighs) (laughs) and her friends are running playing, and they're giggling, and then they would huddle together, and then they would talk, and then look at the other girl sitting down, point, and and then the other girl's like, (sighs) (sighs) and sitting there. I'm thinking, I wonder if they're picking on her. What's happening? So they, they would, and they would purposefully run in front of her, giggling and laughing. And so she starts tearing up. I'm like, oh, poor thing. Now I have boys, so I don't know what's going on. I have boys. They're not emotional like that, so I just watch this. But then as we're playing, I see the girl who was crying, playing with the friend she was being picked on from. And now they're all hugging, they're jumping up and down, they're talking, they're singing, they're dancing, and they're playing on the playground. I thought, what in the world (laughs) just happened? I mean, if you have girls, you understand exactly what kind of happened. And so I just didn't know what was going on. And I thought, wow, the heart is so like up and down, up and down. And then my grandchildren, I, I have to chase them. So they go down this spiral slide. But they stop at the bottom because they want Papa to bang them. So I'm coming down the slide, and I see them, and I try to grip myself. I can't. I miss the thing. Bang my face on the slide. But boom, with my shades, and it's all crooked. My grandchildren are laughing. But then you have that little girl kind of in the same area, and I guess I made big noise coming down. And so as I get up, under her breath, but loud enough for me to hear, she goes, don't break our slide like what what did what you said to uncle and she she literally said don't break our slide just like that you know the head the, the whole thing I said, don't break our slide but not even make an eye contact which is worse like i'm talking to you but i don't want you to think i'm talking about you but i really am so i i, I had issues i was thinking well i was thinking go back in the corner and cry no what why 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 do you have to treat me like this so now my heart was bad, and I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. So just in a short time span, I could see the heart go up and down. A heart be hurt and then joyful. And then a heart full of joy and then a heart hardened. It's, the heart, it's, it's weird. In fact, the Bible says this, if you take out your notes in, in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says the human heart is the most deceitful of all. Imagine that. It's the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is. Now, let me just do a poll. If this 10-year-old girl who was playing with all of her friends got hurt that day and her friends left, would she hold that grudge for the next 30 years, yes or no? The women are like, yes. The men are like, why? (laughs) See, something happens in the heart that when, when certain things happen, either we'll hang on to it or we'll do something about it or we just try our very best to forget about it. <laughs> the other day when we came home, uh, forgive me on this one, Heidi, I didn't get your approval, but we'll see what happens after this. Uh, so I came home and all the windows are closed and she was home for about 10 minutes and I came in the house and I said, Heidi, how come the windows are closed? Why didn't you open the windows? You know, to kind of air out the house. It's hot she says, oh, it doesn't bother me. I said, oh, okay. So I'm thinking in my head, you didn't open the windows because it doesn't bother you. So this is what went on in my head, but I've since repented, so just in case, you know, we don't get crazy. Uh, This is what went on in my head. I don't get bothered by the bed being messy, but I make the bed. I don't get bothered by the, okay, hang with me, okay, we're not fighting. It's just what I was thinking. Hang on, I, I said, in my head, I don't The the dishes don't bother me, but I do the dishes. I do it because it bothers you. So this is going on in my head. So I'm struggling with this. I'm thinking, how do I dress this without making her mad? Well, bring it up in church. That's the best way possible. That's what I thought. (laughs) So she's smiling. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But it wasn't on her. It was me. It was on me. just wanted to stress that. It was me who was going through that battle. And I thought, how quickly our heart changes. You can have the best day and one small thing, your heart changes. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? So what we try to do is we try to behave in a certain way so that things go well. The problem is we can read right through the heart. We can see it in each other. We can try to put on the show on the outside, but then the inside really will say what's happening. Because everything will come out of the heart. That's why God tells us, do you know, don't copy other people. Don't copy the world. In fact, in Romans, this has been our scripture for this series. Romans twelve two, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, what I had to learn is, if I don't like the way I feel, just change the way I think. If I don't like what I'm feeling, change the way I think. If I come home and it's not like how I want it to be, and so I feel like, while wow, she doesn't care, which is not even the case, it just didn't bother her with the windows, then change what I'm thinking. See, my thinking went to, wow, she doesn't care about me. But that's my thinking. And although it wasn't true, if I want to change how I feel, I feel like, wow, they, they, they don't like me. I feel like I'm not important. I feel like I'm not valuable. Why am I feeling that way? I've got to change the way I think. That's why we must think heart first. In fact, the heart and the mind is so closely related. Now, we're going to take a look at that and how God helps us. See, everyone and everything is trying to win our heart. Everyone and everything is trying to win our heart. But you and I will determine who wins it. It's our choice. Everyone and everything is trying to win our heart advertisements trying to win your heart It's no longer trying to give you information to buy their product. They want you to feel something. So you need their product And even people who want something from you you'll recognize it They're going to treat you very very nice and the moment they get something from you everything changes Because everyone and everything is trying to win your heart you determine the winner And I hope that we would say, God be the winner. See, God, we want God to be the winner. Well, how do we do that? Here's the first thing you can write down. Give God lordship over my heart. Why would we do that? Why would we give God lordship over our heart? Why don't we just say, well, Lord, I love you. Why do we have to give him lordship? Well, we know Jesus as the Savior, but do we really know him as Lord Because there's a major difference. And we want God to be the winner of our hearts because He's the one that will bring the greatest balance between the way we think and what we feel. Feeling and thought are two completely different things. God will often use outside circumstances to build inward character. But thought and feeling are two different things. It's like a surgeon. A surgeon has to quickly, on the spot, at the speed of the moment, make a a quick decision because life and death is concern. So with the, it just has to come naturally. We've got to make a decision. Can't put too much emotion into it. It has to be what needs to be done right now. Versus a firefighter who needs to get to the fire and find the quickest but most safest route. Because they need to be there and get there safely. Sometimes we think, why isn't the ambulance driving quicker? Why isn't the fire engine going quicker? Because they need to find the safest possible route. Because they need to get there all intact. See, that's the mind and heart working together. It's a surgeon, yet it's calculating. And that's why God says, love me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He says, you got to have those included in it. Otherwise, you'll make decisions sometimes based off of emotion. And that won't lead you anywhere. You're going to be angry and you're going to make a decision. It's going to be the worst decision. Or you're going to know what's right and wrong. And even though it's wrong, you're going to risk on the side of because you're emotional. And your emotions are going to override even that which is wrong. Because you can't think straight. But God says when you have the two working together, now you can think heart first. I'll illustrate it in this way because we have, we have a, a way we function as far as the way we think. And it's like a sprinter. If you're in the starting block and a hey, stick figure and this, this runner is in the starting block and here's the line. Oh, cross the line, foul. Right here. So there's the hand. And if you were to say on your mark get set, go. This runner would run out of the starting block. But they don't say, on your mark, get set, go. What happens at the starting line? They shoot a little, yeah, a little gun starting thingy. I don't know what it's actually called. It might just be a gun, but I don't want violence. So, Okay, so... At the, at the reason why they'll use this is because when we speak, sometimes we speak at 45 decibels. It's the volume that we have. Sometimes 85. Some can go higher, depending on your vocal cords and strength. But this gun, I, I had to be careful of how I said that. So, this gun will shoot at an amazing 124 decibels. That's the volume that it'll go off. So, what that does is it passes. All of the sensories that need to happen in order for this runner to, to say to himself or herself, go. So with this, bang, the runner is trained to bypass all of those sensories and hit straight into a mechanism that is an involuntary reflex. You don't have to think about it. It's an automatic. Phew. So with this, you get off of the starting blocks at 150 milliseconds. 150 milliseconds. That's super quick. Versus if someone were to say on your mark, get set, go. Now that slow, audible volume has to go through all of the sensories and all the fibers for you to hear and then make a decision to say go. By then, too late because in our races today, you win or lose by the millisecond. And so when you have this kind of mechanism in us, no wonder sometimes we just involuntary without even thinking about it. We have a decision that we've made that we didn't even think about. It's called reaction. We just react. Uh, uh, Something spills uh, and one of our children spills something, we react, we get mad, we get upset versus taking our time and thinking it through. But we won't do that if we just have reaction. So what God does is he balances it out. Some of it we understand through pain. Now, pain doesn't travel this quickly. It's not 150 milliseconds. Pain is about two to three seconds. So let's just say you stub your toe. When you stub your toe, sorry, this is feet. You stub your, which one is the toe? I don't know. Let's just make this one. You stub your toe, ow, it has to go up through the central nervous system, and then your brain says, okay, pain. Pain. Two to three seconds. That's how when you stub your toe, you initially know it's going to hurt, but you feel the pain shortly thereafter. So you bring the two together, and God helping, we'll have a more balanced life when we think heart first. Rather than going emotionally, we're able to say, hang on, let me think this through. Otherwise, if we just go, and the initial decision, we may not feel pain, but it may take two to three seconds. It may take two to three weeks. It may take two to three years. And maybe later down the road, oh, that's where the pain is. But God says, you love me with all your heart, so mind and strength. You have the two together, and that will help us tremendously. Jeremiah 17, verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. You know what God is saying? You need both. I'm going to search your heart, but I'm also going to test your mind. Yeah, you're going to have some involuntary reflexes, uh, reflexes that will happen. It will take place. But to balance that out, we've got to think this through. Don't just go by emotion. Start to think things through. And when the heart and mind work together, it helps us with the direction that we're going. So, so how do we do this? How do we, how do we have the heart and mind work together? What does that look like? knowing that they work together for us to reach its fullest potential. Here's the second thing. Be careful what you let into your heart. Because whatever you put in the heart is going to come out. It's going to happen. It all starts with the heart. That's where everything will begin. We had this pet duck growing up in Waimanalo, and uh, the duck's name was Daffy Clever. So Daffy is an outside duck. I don't know anyone who has an inside duck. But I woke up one morning and here was Daffy in our house eating from a bowl, rice and water, just going for it. And I said, "Mom, what is Daffy doing in the house?" She goes, "I'm just feeding it." I said, "That's a duck. You don't bring ducks in the home." She goes, "I just, I didn't want to go outside, so you know." She, I think it was a girl. I don't know. It was right by the door, so I let her in, and she's just eating real quick. I'll get her out. The moment she said that is the moment she made a mess. And I was like, Mom, come on. She's like, oh, we'll clean it up. <laughs> this is in our house, Mom. This is not outside. Outside the duck can do whatever, but not in the house. And that's what happens to us. If you let all kinds of stuff come into your heart sooner or later... You will have a mess. And yeah, you can kind of clean it up. You can kind of do some things to make it better. But really, the more messes we have in our heart, the harder it, harder it is to even live and exist because all we're doing is cleaning house. All we're doing is trying to clean up all the junk. And God says, why not be more proactive and just be careful of what you put in your heart. As Proverbs 4.23 tells us, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. Now, some of you walked in and you already saw this because you, you're, maybe you build houses or, or, or work construction and things like that. This represents what we're talking about. The bubble is your heart. There's a bubble right in the middle. And then there are two lines to make sure the bubble is in the middle. This is called a level. So this will help whenever you're building something for things to be level, upright. And you use the bubble and the lines. The line is like the word of God. It's truthful. It never changes. It keeps our heart steadfast, going in the right direction. But here's what happens. We live in a world that will do this. Let's just say this table represents the world. The world will go up and down. It will rock back and forth. Sometimes it will just give you an earthquake. Sometimes things don't go well at work. And then here it goes. You start to shake it. Now what happens is if we're so connected, then look at what happens to our heart. I don't think you can see the bubble. But the bubble is now shakable. So what do we do then? Well, here's what's so cool about our relationship with God And how we cannot allow certain things to enter into our hearts. This is what God says, okay? This is the world. This represents your life. And there's your heart. This is what God does. He says, give me lordship. I'll take it all on. And no matter what happens here, I'll keep you level. No matter what happens beneath the surface, no matter what happens in the world, I'm going to keep you level. It's not going to be your circumstances. It's not going to be people. Although they'll help, I'm going to keep you level. It's going to be my word that will show you where you are. And it's going to be my word that helps you to stay on with me and to stay in the right direction. And God will do that. Why? Because he's after our heart. Our heart is sick. It's wicked. It's deceptive. And God says, but if you let me take lordship and you are careful of what you allow, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to help you along the way. And as you guard your heart, you're going to be able to see the direction of your life be different because you now put your heart in my hands. It's kind of like when we were growing up. You know, if emotions just take over and the world starts shaking, then our emotions are in with it. And when we were growing up, we moved a lot by emotions. And the reason why we did that is because we didn't have part of our, I'm sorry to say it this way, but it's called the prefrontal cortex, that decision-making part not developed till about age 23 24 so as teenagers we don't have that decision making process going on we actually are almost living by emotion so when your parents say or when our parents would say you need to be home by 10 o'clock and you're at a party right your friend's house or cruising and it's almost 10 o'clock you and your friends are looking at each other like Everything just got started. You can go home. No, you. No, you can get Lickens. Yup, let's just all get Lickens. And so they just figure it out together that let's just take the Lickens because what we feel right now is good. We're having a good time. Then you're an hour and an hour and a half later. It's like, oh man, I can get dirty Lickens. Might as well stay out. I can get dirty Lickens anyway. Might as well make it worth my while. That's what we think of as teenagers. And so we move by emotion. That's why the Bible actually says, children, obey your parents. The Bible specifically says that because we don't have this part of our brain formed yet. So when parents say, what were you thinking? And the children say, I don't know. They're telling the truth. (laughs) What were you thinking? I don't know. You're coming home 2 o'clock in the morning. Where were you? My friend's house. Didn't you know you're supposed to be home at 10? Yeah, but nobody knew what time was. No one knew what time was. No more clocks in the house. What about the phone? Everybody's phone was dead. Everybody's phone. Yeah, and the Wi-Fi never worked. uh, Everything went bad. You couldn't tell was dark. Never have windows. It's like, wow. But they're quick. Kids are quick, man. But parents know they're lying because we said the same thing when we were growing up. So that's the way our emotions run. But if our emotions control us, that's what life will look like. And even though we're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and beyond, we will still be like that. We still throw temper tantrums even as adults. We do the same thing. We just do it differently. It's called the silent treatment. You feel the tension? Some of you are in that right now. You're like, what? That's what happened. It's it's, a silent treatment right now. Don't look at them right now because it's going to prolong the silent treatment. But we do. We throw tantrums. Or, man, we just throw stuff around. We get mad and we just throw things around. It's like, what are you, two? Uh We just revert back to where we were. It's amazing how the heart can do that because we move by emotion. And God says, that's not what you want to do. You want to guard what goes on. On the inside. You want to protect that because everything will flow out of it. In the book of Matthew, Jesus addresses this because some people were asking, Jesus, why doesn't your disciples, why, how come your disciples, they don't go through the hand-washing ceremonies before they eat? And Jesus says, okay, let me just, um, do you not understand, he says in Matthew chapter 15, do you not understand, do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. And he says for out of the heart produces evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. You know what Jesus was saying? It's not the outside things that happen that will say this defiles a person. It's not the outward that will make the heart horrible. It's what we put into our heart, not the outside things. It's not our outside circumstances. It's it's if we let the outside circumstances enter our heart. And once that happens, now out of the heart, all of these evil things will come out. Therefore, God says, guard your heart because everything's going to flow out of that you might be thinking okay what if right now i have some things hidden in my heart what if i didn't what if i wasn't able to control that what if i didn't uh, guard my heart now what well here's the good news here's the last thing and we should do this often clean and renew my heart often you just clean and renew it you may do it every day you may do it once a day you may do it every time something happens or if you have like me, I'll have that thought and say, wow, I, I, I don't feel, I feel like this. And God says, no, that's not the intention. Well, Lord, then clean my heart. Renew my heart. Just make it brand new. Do something different, Lord, because right now I'm battling with something and I want to be different. So Heidi told me a couple of weeks ago that her windshield wipers was bad and, you know, it's been raining, so we needed to change it. But the other day I drove her car and I didn't know it was that bad. It was, I'm thinking, how is she driving? And maybe she got used to it or maybe she's just that good. However it was, it was difficult to drive. So I, right away it got some windshield wipers. But while we changed the windshield wipers and got new ones, the windshield as well as the inside still needed to be cleaned. But once that's all cleaned and changed and renewed, Now, no matter what storm comes our way, we can see clearly because we changed the windshield wipers, cleaned the windows. Now, if you don't do that for your car, and then it starts to rain, you're going to have a hard time driving through the rain. Or you might just get into an accident. And the same is true with our life. Like, we see and we perceive, we have perspective. And God says, if that perspective is not right, you're going to see things wrong. Your spouse may say something, you're going to take it the wrong way. And now your heart is now churned up. And now you have all of these things happening. And He says, you got to clean and renew your heart often. That we can go before God and say, okay, God, I have some things in my heart. In fact, it was. Uh, the way we do it is in hebrews 4 12 and the reason why i want to bring this to your attention is because some of us don't understand how good the word of god cleans our heart because we may think that oh it's just the word of god i'm going to read some stories and cool no here's what hebrews 4 12 says for the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. So there's some emotion there of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's the word of God. That's why we always talk about doing devotions, reading the Bible, journaling, writing things down. Why? Because it washes and renews our heart. We can come to God and say, okay, I got some things in my heart. Help me. Speak to me. Show me what, what I need to be. How I can speak better. How should have I reacted? Lord, cleanse my heart. Help me to think differently. And the Lord will do that. Why? Because the word of God is living. And it's active. So the actions we have because of the Word of God, are going to be congruent with the Word of God. It's going to be in tandem with the Word of God. It's going to be in line with the Word of God. But if we're not in the Word of God, no wonder. We can't see clearly. Everything is a mess. We can't can't see. We're just just washing. We're just moving water around. That's what we're doing. And everything is blurry. So you try to make a split-second decision. It'll be too late. Because life comes at us at breakneck speed. And if we're not ready for it, if we can't see, we're done. And God says, no, I'm going to give you my word. And when we're in his word, even when the storms come, and the storms are in our life, we're able to think heart first. Because God is already there. His word is already hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. It's there. It's there. And now we can pull from there, even though the gun may go off and it might trigger something. Hang on. Lord, speak to me. And he will. He'll bring it up. And now we do things not because we have to, but we do things for the Lord because we want to. And that's the difference. See, that word sharper is actually, it's, it's that two-edged sword where it just it's clean cut. It's like a surgeon's knife, that scalpel. Just... It, it'll cut clean. That's what the word of God does. Rightly dividing the truth. It'll just shht, nice and clean. It's, it, what it means is the word of God doesn't hack. That's what it doesn't do. It doesn't hack away. It cuts clean. Some of us, we hack one another because we're trying to get better with our heart and God says, gotta be in my word so that there will be a clean, clear cut. As Psalm 51 tells us, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. It's amazing that a clean heart can do that. And even though there may be junk in our heart, maybe there are some hidden hurts, God says, I I can clean out your heart. I'll do a brand new thing. It's kind of like if someone went into your car and they tracked mud into your car as well as just came from, let's just use a sport, maybe soccer, football, something that they were in the mud with and sweating and they sat in your car and all of their sweat just, just got soaked into your upholstery. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a great thing. You try your best to clean it, but it's still messy. You can try and clean it yourself. Or imagine if someone came up to you and said, oh, I can help you with that. Oh, you have a special cleaner? I have something better. Well, what is it? I'll just give you a new car. No, I just got to clean out my carpet and then the upholstery. No, I'll just I'll replace the whole thing. I mean, I think we would jump at that opportunity. And God is no different. That's what God does. He said, what's happening in your heart? Well, there's some scars. There's there's some things here. There's some hidden hurts. uh, Some some things that I'm going through, emotions. This is the way I think. And he says, okay, I'll create in you a clean heart. Which means it'll be a brand new heart. I'm going to create it. Give me your old heart. Give me that. Give me your old heart. Your old stony heart, the Bible says. I'll give you a heart of flesh, one that's moldable and shapeable. Brand new. Only God can do that. I want to close with this. You can put away your notes and your Bibles. So Christmas time is coming up. So some of you are preparing for that. The stores have already done that probably in July. It's just the way it is in retail. So one year... Our boys, my two boys, when they were young, decide to surprise Heidi by decorating the tree. So we decorate the tree. We get all the lights out, all the the ornaments, and we we make it nice and we make sure it's all good and everything looks good and we test it and the kids are so excited. Like, oh, mom's going to love this. Put all their heart into it. And so Heidi comes home and I said, the boys have a surprise for you. And of course, mommy, close your eyes. And they don't even guide her. It's like, close your eyes, walk into the wall, wherever you need, just find out where I'm talking. And so Heidi comes in, and then they say, open your eyes. And she opens her eyes, and they go, ta-da! And there's the tree. Now, I know, and you know, that as a mom, yes, your heart is touched, but at the same time, you're like, oh, No. No way are we leaving the tree like that. I am redecorating this thing. And so I looked at Heidi, and she didn't say that. I'm sure she felt it. But she said this, that is the best tree ever. And our kids were like, oh, it's so good. And I said, really, you like it? She goes, no, I'm going to change it, but <laughs> their heart was so good. And that's how God sees us. Oh, we come to him with a decorated life. We say, God, look, look at my life. And, and there's some things out of place, yes. But God looks at us and he says, oh, I love you. Perfect. Perfect. And we may even look at our flaws and say, yeah, but this ornament is a little crooked, this one is a little cracked, this light bulb is not working, and God says, ha, love it. Really, God? Yeah, I do. But I am going to make some changes later. But He accepts us just as we are, He loves us that much. Broken ornaments and all. Because God, too, thinks heart first would you pray with me Lord thank you first of all for being a loving father and you gave us that same kind of heart but somewhere along the line in life and even in the world we've conformed to the ways of the world and, and you said it plainly do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that which is good and acceptable that we may, we may prove What is that perfect will of God? So here we are, Lord, flaws and all, broken ornaments, light bulbs not working, but you accept us, don't you? But you love us enough that you're not going to leave us like this. So mold us and shape us, Lord, into the image you see for us. You're the very best at it. There may be some of you this morning, maybe... You're saying, I, I, I'm far from God. I don't know Him yet. I've never given my life to Him. It's hard for me because of certain things. I want Him to be Lord of my life. I want to give God lordship over my life. I just don't know how. Well, I'm going to say a prayer. And it's just you saying to God, I, I want you to be Lord of my life as well as Savior. Some of us, even as believers, we battle with the heart issue. We we have our ups and downs. We have our reactions and we still need to create have God create a clean heart in us. And maybe today is our commitment to God to say, "Lord, I want to I want to do better." For those that are going to say yes to Jesus today, we have what we call our yes packet at the end of service as you leave, and usher will give you that packet. Just say, I, I want a yes packet," and they'll give it to you. It's a free gift. It's to help you with your walk with Jesus. And if that's you today and you're saying, I, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want him to be Lord of my life. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, would you just lift a hand and we'll pray together and I'm going to ask you to stand or anything. Good, God sees your hand. He sees your heart. Anybody else? Good, right here. God sees you. Yeah, it's an, you're just agreeing with what God wants. He wants you to be close to him. Yeah, anybody else? Yeah, God sees your hand. God bless you back there. Okay. Now hey, you can put your hands down. Maybe for us in the conclusion of this series, this one thought, maybe today God is saying, let's do something great together. It's going to require a new heart. It's going to require a renewal of the mind. And maybe as a believer, we're saying, Lord, that's me. I want to renew my heart and my mind with you today. Would you just lift a hand? And you're just saying, Lord, do your greatest work in me today. Yeah, that's us, Lord. You can put your hands down. Let's, let's pray this together, especially for those who are saying this for the very first time. Let's include the heart in it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I trust in you. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I look forward to the promises ahead. And I thank you for thinking of me with all of your heart. In exchange, I give you all of mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. Thank you for showing us how good you are. Thank you for loving us with your heart. We pray these things in your precious name. And we all said Amen. Can we congratulate those that said yes to Jesus this morning?